Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006. How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again? Yeah, it's it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we were just promoting the 10K. I don't know that I'm ready to run this thing, bro. Relax, bro, relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10K tour training program, which you can use, Matthew, and I can use it, and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus your participation, it will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Health. So visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's it's a mouthful, lululemon10, then the letter K, tour. Dot com to sign up today. Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to lululemon10ktour.com. That's lululemon, the number 1010K tour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends. This episode of the I Needed That Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and NeuroGum and Mints, buddy. I've been hearing for some friends, Chris. Everybody's on the NeuroGum and Mints kick. They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think it's... As long as they just try it, we know they're going to like it. Yeah. So they're they're throwing a good party. Wait, I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And the, the, here's, here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body is going to adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, et cetera, um, you always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And this is, it's funny because I, I kind of, I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neural mints, it was great because I got that pick-me-up. Like like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time. Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have uh, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experienced therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give me Give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day. Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. Um, We have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years and every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is I've, in 45 years of my life, I've, I haven't been able to find it myself. It's always been in the interaction, the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it because they're, they're not in the... 
they're not in the forest, right? They're, they're not stuck in it. So they can step outside. They can see where my mind might be going, ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment. And it's, it has changed my life significantly. How about yourself? Well, it's the truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the question so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in ourselves. Oh, so if you want to save 10% on your first month of BetterHelp, we've got a link uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the I Needed That podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom for both NeuroGum and Mints and BetterHelp. Should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. Let's Let's go. go. I needed that. I'm down for that. I think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. We tend to do that a lot with a ton of things is like try to pass on ownership. You know, I'm a confident, badass woman. That's what I say to myself. You just stop feeling like you anymore. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, who is this chick? I am MIA and I, I need to get myself back. Here we go, brother. Hello, hello, friends. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? It's a big week for me, uh, so I'm 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 good. I'm, <laughs> ha- is- I'm having uh, you know I'm having the yin and the yang. That's what I'm having this month. <laughs> it's a huge week for you, brother. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. Are you? Yeah, dude. You're. It's tell like, me why. It's a milestone, man. It's a halfway mark. Yeah, but tell me why you're excited for me to. I'm turning fifty this week. <laughs> That's the big news. I'm I- turning fifty this week, which I. I I, I, I'm, I'm not even joking. I never thought I would make it to 50. Really? Well, because my dad died at right. 47. And, right. and so when something like that happens, you're pretty convinced. Like, there's no, I mean, I'm never going to outlive my dad. Right. That was the story in my head for a long time. Sure. And, and sure as heck, here I am. And not only am I going to outlive him, but I'm going to outlive him by 40 years. Yeah. And not only that, you're also that, that transitional character. Yeah, buddy. And your story. Thanks for saying that. I, it's it plays so beautifully into what's exactly what's happened in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I see us quickly diverting off. It's this. Okay. No, we're I staying mean, on how, it. How much fun could it be to talk about me turning fifty? Oh, man, are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. You spent fifty years of your life learning all kinds of powerful lessons yeah. to turn around and apply them in the next fifty, and so and that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And that's so the like truth. it's gonna be the, this is gonna be a much I tell you what, though, you've had some some huge wins and some incredible. It's been an amazing ride over the last fifty. I'm excited for the next fifty. Bro. Me too. Me yeah, too. It's be awesome. I, I do believe this is going to be the, the 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 next few decades are going to be some of the strongest decades of my entire life, and it's it's no so cool to see how it's going to unfold. And you know what? It has everything to do with me. Yeah, my mentality. Hundred percent. The way I'm thinking about life. The yes. things I'm doing to make it more meaningful yes has everything to do with that and i just think that's lost on young people it just is i was lost on me i didn't sure. i didn't get that yeah why 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 do you think it took so long for you to figure that part out i think just like most people right like you, you do it your way until you run into a brick wall mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right until it becomes so painful you're like well i gotta change yeah it's like this hurts yeah i keep running into this brick wall and it sucks and it's hard and, and yeah i think that's what it is i think you just eventually you get to a point where you go all right the way i've been doing it isn't working anymore mm. what am i gonna do now to step into a new energy and a new space where it is working for me yeah 
I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you're not too far behind me. Let me remind you. Whoa, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You you know what? I, I, I will say that over the last, I mean, gosh, yeah, last 45 years, I have learned a lot of painful lessons. Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, I, I look back and, you know, we, and we actually talked about this early on in the podcast, blowing up what you built yeah. and starting over. And that's what really what we've both done almost at the halfway point of our lives. Yeah, buddy. We just wiped the slate clean and it's, and, and you know what we're carrying with us is all of those lessons. Just like I sure. kind of talked about at the very beginning. We got all those lessons Things we did right, things we did wrong, and now we got this clean slate to rebuild. And so we're both we're both rebuilding our foundation. How has your life changed um, since the, this podcast started? Is there any? I mean, we've been at it about a year right now, and yeah. I would love for some feedback from our audience too. If you guys don't mind reaching out to us on our uh, I needed that uh, podcast Instagram handle. It's like what either something that you've learned or some some lessons that have kind of accumulated throughout the year. Like, yeah, is your life different because of this podcast? I must say, um, I have learned, and, and you know, for the longest time, you know me, I don't like to go back and listen per se in full transparency. Even when I was doing my show, I only Never watched it. I only saw a handful of all of the episodes, like through the entire thing. Yeah, but you, you're doing them live. You don't right. need to go back. Well, it's kind of like this podcast. Yeah. You're doing it live. But then, you know, when I do go back and listen, I, I do, I can hear aspects of my delivery that I'm thinking, okay, I need to improve upon this. And you know who actually told me to do that was you. So, <laughs> so mechanically, you think you've gotten better. Mechanically, I do think I've gotten better. But for me as a person, mm. having been through this, it this doing this podcast has re- actually, it is, it has, I'm, I was going to say required, but I find myself looking for stories in everything now ah, so that I can, tr- yes. yes, like, so something happens to me over the weekend and I go, oh, I can talk about that on the podcast. podcast yes. Whereas I never went there before. And so I literally, I see, and so I must say in the last year, the world has become more of a movie to me. Interesting. Does, does that make man. sense? Yes. Of yes. course it makes perfect sense to me. Because I never had an outlet to sit and tell to tell a story unless it's like, oh, I'm in the office and oh, you guys are never gonna believe what happened over the weekend. But it's a different thing. And so now everything that I'm that happens, it's like oh, fun, man. Yeah, I'm at a red light and I look over and the guy next to me is picking his nose and I go, I can't wait to talk about this on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? How about you? It's a ton of things for me, man. Physically, it's been, is the biggest transformation. Yeah. Uh, just being around you and, and, you know, just being around folks that are healthy and trying to keep, keep themselves healthy uh, has been probably one pillar of how my life is different. The other pillar is through the guests that we have uh, interviewed on this mm. podcast. I've, I've heard some things that have permanently changed the way that I look at life from this point forth, specifically Nicole Vignola, who mm. said... When you wake up and you think you're a piece of crap, your brain's going to find every reason to validate you all day long. Okay, that's a great little nugget because the yeah. opposite could be true as well. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, who was the other person that we might have even been her, uh, where we talked about w- why exercise is so important. And then you guys got yes. into this great conversation about how working our legs, the biggest muscle in our body, is one of the most important things we could be doing for brain health. Right. Yes. And so now when I'm at the gym, it's a completely different experience because I don't know about you guys. I don't love working out. I just don't. 
We got the Lululemon 10K coming up, and I'm excited to be around everybody and hang out and have some fun. I'm not excited <laughs> about the run part of it. Right. Uh, but this this podcast has given me the information and tools to shift my mindset in that physicality space. And and now, you know, similar to Large Bosch, who was just out last week, I find myself like I, I know I have to do this and it's turned into an automatic thing for me. Right. It's just turned into an automatic thing to get up and go to the gym every day. It's not even a thing I think about anymore. Is it still unpleasant for you? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, because sometimes if you change your yeah. perspective, it feels different. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Because it's I like, think I'm still there pushing through that piece. Sure. Sure. No, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But, but you're still out there doing it. And you, do you still get that feeling of satisfaction afterward? Sure. And the accomplishment? I mean, no matter how it feels, whether it sucks or it's good, you still have that feeling of accomplishment because you just did something for yourself. I know I'm healthier. I know I'm doing things to boost my immunity. I know I'm doing things to boost my brain health. I know I'm yes. doing things to get stronger so that I can be around for my kids later. I know I'm doing things that are going to prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. You see, so that's what it's done for me. It's shifted the way that I look at a lot of things, most of it physical, which has been incredible. Well, and I love that you brought that up because I actually just did a post yesterday. Oh no, this is a little while ago. Um, well, it was yesterday, but it was <laughs> when this comes out. It'll <laughs> yeah. be a little while ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go back three weeks. Um, but uh, we're recording this episode on the 16th. So go look for a post on the 15th. And I was talking about posting progress pics. And I, oh, like, yeah, I saw that mid post. I was like, I, I hope people understand this has nothing to do with physical looks, because a lot of times when, when you're in the gym before and you're doing the legs, what was it for? Like, unless you're playing a sport, you're doing, you know, if you're playing a sport, you're doing legs to get to build speed, strength, power, these different things. But right. most everybody else is out there doing legs to get nice looking legs. Or they're doing bicep curls to get nice looking arms. And it's like it that whole mentality for years was focused on the, the aesthetic, part, yeah, look, the aesthetic of it. look of it. And now you realize, no, now you're moving for your health. Mm -hmm. You're moving for your energy and your mental clarity and your focus. And you're, I mean, it's like you, you're moving for longevity, mm. you know, it's just, it's a real, it's. It's a shift. It is a big shift. Yeah, and yeah. it's such a critical shift because you know, and I know because I was the guy who didn't want to move for a while, that, you know, there's a whole story in your head. Yeah. And what you're thinking is like, I don't want to go sweat. Like, I don't want to go lift. I don't want to be sore. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be able to not walk up the stairs or even like, like I don't know how it is for you, but after like a serious leg day, it's, it's hard to sit down and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like your legs it's a controlled so fall. That's oh. what it is. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't want that. <laughs> Hang on to the towel rack as you're slowly you lowering go. yourself down. Yeah. But, but. When you understand the bigger picture of why the movement piece is so critical, why the physical piece is so critical, it, it, it just is, it, it is a nice shift in the way that you see exercise, a thousand fitness, yes. nutrition, yes, the th everything. So yeah. that's that's to me been the biggest, which is a lot of things, but that's a that's a major shift in 47, yeah. 46 episodes. That's this awesome. is episode forty six right now. Man, imagine where we're going to be in 146 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Really on top of the world. Yeah. Bigger and than Taylor Swift, probably. <laughs> well, we're certainly on the trajectory right now. Hope so, man. <laughs> yes. We've, uh, we have made, as you guys have probably noticed over the last few weeks, a little bit of a shift in that we're, we're leaning a little bit more into the transformation stories. Yes. Uh, which, is, which is nice. And, and I was thinking about it from your perspective it's probably one of the things that's helped you feel more comfortable here too. hundred percent. We're, we're in your yes. lane a lot more. W way right? more. Yes. Er early on. And by the way, I must say 
I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you for helping me get comfortable with this experience. If you listen to the first few episodes of this podcast, you can hear me. I guess I was breathing heavy. There's a lot what they're called nervous ticks. There's yeah. lots of nervous ticks. Sure. I was, and I was dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety in my life and you could hear it. You could hear it. And so, um, but you, you were able to handhold me and guide me through this. And obviously, thank you, obviously, for your friendship together, first and foremost, yeah. because man, you helped me feel comfortable. In this. Well, and isn't it cool that this, this, I mean, and I was in a, in a similar space. And so it's, it's, to me, it's always kind of cool that this thing was born out of a tough moment yeah. where we both decided let's come together and try to navigate ourselves out of this thing together. Absolutely. We knew we both knew we probably yeah. needed somebody to help us out. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and of course, hence the name. I it was, it was the funny is the funniest thing after every single episode, after we would stop, after, after we would, you know, push the record button to stop, we would both look at each other and just be like, oh man, I needed that. I know. <laughs> that was so the this, first this three months of the podcast was, was always amazing to me because I would come to your house and there would be some days where we would talk for an hour <laughs> and a half. Yes. Before we, and then we yes. would go, we should have been recording that. I know. I know. But I'm, I must do. say, I love, I love the direction we're going now. It feels really comfortable for me because you're right. This has been my lane for 20 years sure. is working with people through this beautiful journey of transformation. And I also love the fact that it's, we're, yes, we do talk about the physical transformation because you know what, let's be honest, that gets people's attention, but behind every physical transformation, this is what, the, this is the purpose of this, this direction we're going is is this beautiful mental evolution. And so we wanted to uncover that and talk about that. And, you know, I had an opportunity to do that with my show is really dig down into the mental side of things. So I, I, I really, really love and appreciate you being open also and, and, and encouraging to even start heading this direction because sure. it's been a lot of fun. My goal is to put you in your strengths. <clears throat> yeah. Cause absolutely. how else am I going to get the best of you? Right. Abs I mean, Amen. come on. And, and likewise, and, and the beauty of it is that we can speak to this because you've been through this incredible mental journey of transformation and physical transformation sure. as well, yeah. because you can't have the conversation about one without the other. Cause look at how you're, you've changed mentally. And also I, I look back at your pictures. You weren't in the healthiest place mm. physically yeah, right. about a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, easily. Yeah. Go big old gut was hanging and I'm not a, like a big old dude, but it, like my body was 200 pounds and none of it was like healthy. Right. Didn't feel healthy. Now I'm about 192. Yeah. Everything fits different. There's strength back. There's shape back. You know. There's confidence. Confidence for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's still still a little bit of a road ahead of me. And I'm, I, I visit it with a little bit more of an upbeat attitude than yeah. I would have had before. Well, yeah, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice about it <laughs> and, and the hope. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what it is, right? You yeah. just got to start. And that's, that's sometimes what sucks. And, and I, get, I get down on myself and I go to the gym because I'm not as strong as I used to be. That, you know, that messes with people mentally. Sure. You know, I walk into Chris Powell's gym and there's two 100-pound <laughs> dumbbells sitting there. And I'm thinking, I couldn't even lift up one of those things. <laughs> For, for for just to do anything. Like if you said, hey, will you go move that weight over there? I would be like, um, and I'm like, this guy is freaking probably curling with those things or he's doing chest presses with those things. And, wow. and it's easy. Well, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. easy to look. You've talked about this before on Instagram. You can look at other people and you're like, man, look what they can do. And I can't do that yet. Right. Right. But, but I'm on my own journey. They didn't start by picking up hundred pound dumbbells. They I'll didn't. tell you that. Are they you all, sure? They all 
Well, I did. Yeah, uh, you're right. You, okay, did, okay. you came out of the womb <laughs> curling right. 100 pounds. Well, put some, put some hockey skates on me and, and we'll, uh, it'll, right. it'll level the playing field real fast. You're right. We're I all good. see that. We're all good at different things. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are. That's fair. Uh, how was the weekend, by the way? Did you guys do anything? I know you didn't have the kids this weekend, so did you get a chance to get a bunch of work done on the app? I did, man. I, I worked like crazy, but I also I had a really fun experience. I went to a, um, a charity event raising money for uh, it was a it's a project called Homeward Bound where they take uh, indiv- Homeward Bound why do I know Bound. this they're based in Phoenix yeah. and uh, they take individuals it's it's mothers with children who have been homeless and they <clears> give <throat> them a shelter and they actually they they put them with like a consultant someone who can actually help them get their their finances in yeah. order and to help them get back on their feet yeah. and uh, it's an amazing organization and so but the the irony of it though is that I went with um you know, as a part of Move One Million, and and with all of our friends over with Cigna, the um, the health insurance company, right? Mm-hmm. They're more like they're a health services company, and uh, but the funny thing is that so Rachel is a recovering alcoholic. I haven't drank for six, seven years by choice, and um, and though, but the whole theme of this thing was it's like a massive cocktail mixer, and the part of the part of the actual auction was they had these all these like a uh, top-notch cocktail mixers coming in and uh, like these specialty bartenders and it was like a competition and all the bartenders were making their special drinks and like while well, this auction's going on and the auction is like wine tasting for 20 and special tequila for you know that's aged 300 years or whatever you know it's like it's everything was revolved around alcohol and Paddles are flying all over the place, and, and Rachel and I are kind of sitting there, and they're they're literally walking around with trays of champagne and tequila and all this other stuff, and we're just just the two of us by ourselves, right. <laughs> you know, in the corner. I you know I, I ended up just uh, you know buying a it's like a seventy five dollar grab bag, and they had some jewelry, so I you know I bought Ruby a little necklace oh, and everything, yeah, just so I could give to the cause <laughs> and everything, because I was like, I'm not gonna. Bid on us on you know a bender for twenty people. <laughs> I was thinking it's hard. I can schedule that in anytime soon. It's really wild to me, and I I like Rachel. I'm a you know recovering alcoholic, and I don't drink anymore either since two thousand and six. And it is unbelievable to me how much of the world is centered around alcohol. It's it's really something. And, and even in a case like this where, you, you know, everybody means well. And so I'm not taking anything away from anybody. And I get it. These wine poles, they make tons of money and people drink. It's great. Yeah. But we are learning things about alcohol now that are telling us the truth about it and, and really what it's doing to our bodies and brains. And on top of that, you know, you, you look at what alcohol can do to certain people. And these addictions are some of the reasons people don't have a home anymore right. uh, because they have put themselves in a bad place because of their addiction. And so you wonder about that connection to yeah. it. Right. And it's, and so I'm not throwing any shade on it because at the end of the day, they're raising money so that they can do the good work. But yeah, it's, if you don't drink going to these drink, these, these functions that are centered around alcohol is like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and until you don't drink or, you know, and you're very aware of that, you realize at most of these functions I go to, alcohol is a massive component of most of them. And again, I'm, I'm not throwing any shade either. I don't, I don't judge. I'm back in the day, especially like in my college days and everything, I drank, I, I drank a lot. And I have lots of friends, you know, my dad, Papa for the kids, he loves to sit down and have, have, you know, crack open a bottle of beer at, at dinner. Sure. 
No big deal. My, my, my father-in-law too. No big deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's funny because he does that and, and Cash and Ruby are like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, guys, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Just because they're not around it here, but it's like, no, a massive population around the world. This is, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. So it's like, but, but it's, it's interesting going to these events and especially going to an event. And I'm just going to bring this up yeah. with a recovering alcoholic because even for me, it's a preference. I can drink. I don't have to drink. It doesn't matter. But for someone like Rachel, I, I get in there and it, the whole time, and, and maybe I shouldn't do this, but the whole time I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay mm. with this? Is everything okay? Because I know it can be a really difficult thing because I know for someone like her, if she, you know, she immediately, you know, well, and, and again, I don't know this, but I know for some, you go put yourself in an environment like that and you think, well, I could just have one. Mm. You know, and I want to make sure that that voice is not there because I want to be a supportive friend. Yeah. What's that like for you? Can you actually go to an event like that? Oh, sure. And completely re re refrain. Yeah, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to go out and do anything anymore. I mean, honestly. And, yeah. and is that what you constantly forward think? You think if I did this, the cost would be so high and it's, I'm, it's that the pain is not worth it? For me, it's I understand unequivocally that I can't have just one. So right. uh, I know for me, for me, it's like, it's turned into a thing where it's, it's, it's a zero option. Okay. Do you, so, so for you, like in the interview with Bishoy, he was talking about, I have non-negotiables, right? right? So it's just a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. So because of that non-negotiable, does the voice not even creep into your head or it doesn't? It doesn't. Wow. That's amazing. I okay. don't even think about drinking. Awesome. Yeah. If you don't mind staying on yeah, stay ad ad addiction, um, and I'm just asking you out of my own personal curiosity, I've had some kind of interesting experiences as of recent, but does the voice ever, you know, we talk about non-negotiables. Since your date of sobriety, has the voice ever, I, I know we kind of talked about it, it was a little messy at first. Have you ever f found yourself, maybe even as of recently, where the voice starts to come back in and then you have to think of things as to why you don't want to drink or you don't want to go to like a massive nacho mixer or something right, like right. that where you think the pain is so great. I don't want to go there again. The only thoughts that I can honestly tell you that I have around alcohol, there are times and functions where like, let's say we're at a celebration and everybody's raising a glass of champagne to cheers mm. and do something like that. I, I find myself sometimes going, God, I wish I could just have that sip. Right. But I know. Yeah. And so it is, it's unavailable to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to answer the question the way that you want it to, oh, which no, is no. to say like, I, I just. How, how long did it take for you to get there to the non-negotiable point where the point immediately? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh yeah. When I, because my last event in 2006 was so messy and so ugly that, uh, it was like, it was a switch that I flipped. Mm, got it. And so it was, a, it was a literal AB moment where I, as soon as I flipped the thing, it was, I, I immediately like, I'm trying to think of when it was, it was in December. And then we met with all the family for Christmas just a couple of weeks later. Refresh my memory on that event, if yeah, you don't mind. I will. And, and I literally sat down my entire family member and said, I'm a freaking alcoholic. I can't drink. I don't want to drink. I'm done drinking. Please don't ask me to drink, which was weird for that group of people because when I met them, it was all about, we connected. Literally, we connected on scotch, mm. wine, mm -hmm. 
spirits, yes. some of these things. And yeah. it was a literal centerpiece of what we did mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back in 2006, I went to a Christmas party and uh, had way too much to drink. And I had a six-month-old kid at home, my son Gordy, who's now 17. Yeah. Wow. And I proceeded to drink uh, almost an entire bottle of, of uh, scotch by myself. Wow. And walked home in a snowstorm because I couldn't drive. Wow. Yeah. And when I got to the house, I couldn't find my keys. It's like 1230 at night, banging on my door. This is in Minnesota. This is in Denver, Colorado, oh, Denver, actually, Colorado. where okay. we were living at the time, working for a terrible radio station. <laughs> a terrible company. That will remain unnamed. Oh, unless you want to name them I right now. I signed a piece of paper that says I'll never defame them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you can w- and, whisper it in my ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Three word, three letters. Okay, okay. Uh, anyway, they're not around anymore. It's fine. Starts with a K. So, yeah, right. Um, and at any rate, I, I, I'm beating on the door because I can't find my keys. And my wife answers and she's holding Gordy in one arm. He's screaming. She's crying. He was really like, uh, he had acid reflux as a baby. And so he had, he, it just was hard for him to sleep. Yeah. And uh, I just remember being so wasted that I couldn't even help out. And I just went into my room and I passed out. And the next morning I woke up feeling about, yeah. That big. And wow. wrote them both a letter and said, I flipped a switch. I'll never do it again. That part of my life is over. And it's, I don't want to say it's been easy, but to anybody who's ever decided, like made a definitive choice, I will never be this thing again. And you felt that strongly about it. You know what I'm talking about? In yeah. some ways, it's been easier to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I've just said, that is no longer an option for me. Right. Ever. Ever yeah. again. Yeah. So I don't know. Does that answer anything? Yeah. Did you wear it like an identity? Like an identity? Like that's not me anymore. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I did. I did. But I was also in the radio and television industry back then too when the parties were still going sure. and everything was flowing. And so it got a little weird. Yeah. For about a year or so after that, I asked all of my stations that I was working with to not book me for club gigs. Don't put, uh, don't put me in a bar. Right. I don't want to be, don't throw me at parties where right. there's going to be a ton of that stuff going on. And, uh, then, you know, just doing some therapy and figuring out kind of where it came from. I still want to, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I still would love to have some sort of a psychedelic experiment. I don't know if I need psychedelics, but I've, I've just heard about their power with this particular piece to go back and investigate where the addictive piece of me comes from. Right. Cause I do, I just have an addictive personality. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, listening to Huberman talk about addiction. What does he say? There's, you can almost split the population into thirds. A third of the population actually has the neurochemistry to be highly addicted, like to be an addict. A third is somewhere in the middle. And then a third does not have strong addictive tendencies. Interesting. Based on your neurochemistry. Yeah. And so that's going to be handed down genetically. Right. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of curious as to see where you would fall on the spectrum there. And, I would think I would be full on addict. Yeah. Or the fact that you were able to turn it off one day and say, that's no longer me. 
Sure. Would you fall to the middle ground? I don't know. Yeah, but then I replaced that addiction with like gambling. Ah, right? okay. So yes, perhaps you are in the first. I third. am 100%. Yeah, for sure. Because you know what it reminds me of? You know in Raiders of the Lost Ark, remember? Like when there's like that gold statue okay. and Indies, he's got a, a sandbag in the hand uh-huh. and he's looking and at he's, that statue and he does the, the quick switcheroo. That's kind of like what you do with an addiction. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. go for the quick switcheroo. <laughs> but the quick switcheroo, what happens? The freaking temple comes crashing down still. And now you're running <laughs> away from this you're big old running. ball. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. It's so funny. That's what it reminds me of right. Wh- which third are you? I, you know, it's funny. I thought I was in the latter third. I was like, no, I'm, you know, for twenty something years of my life. Oh, there's no way I could possibly be an addict. Oh, I've got, I've got all my shiz together. You know, this is not a problem until I got hooked onto opioids. Okay, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I am definitely in the middle third, or I don't even know. I might even be on the. The, the first are being an addictive personality because, but the thing is maybe, maybe I, I steer my intensity and my addiction. You, someone could easily make the claim that I'm addicted to my work right now. Um, but, but it, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what that mechanism would look like because like I'm, I'm addicted to, you know, accomplishing it. But at the same time, I don't know if I can put it down because if you try to take it away from me, I freak out. And a, there's an identity crisis there. So I think there's a lot that's tied in here as well to my identity, et cetera. But nevertheless, going back to the whole opioid thing, I very quickly realized how quick, how fast I can become physically addicted to a substance. And I spent two years in that hell. Right. And I lost everything and found myself living out of my car. Right. right. And so it was like, well, I'll be damned. That was probably looking back when we talked about, you know, some of the lessons we've learned, you know, looking back, those probably one of the most powerful lessons I could have ever learned. And it humbled me mm. significantly. It made, I, you, made you better for the people you work with and too. And gave me so much empathy mm-hmm. for the struggles that people go through with whatever they're addicted to, whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, whether it's opioids, whatever that might be. It's all good. Just that that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or that can't, one. Can't do it right now. <laughs> it's so, because as, as soon as I hit allow, someone's going to be like, hey, what's the code? It's a whole new thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that, guys. We just got a little warning that popped up on the screen. <laughs> um, do, do you, we, yeah. what I'm thinking about is uh, for, for those of you who are listening to us right now, is, is there a book you've read about addiction? Is there an addiction specialist that you love? Uh, that we should look to get on the show because mm. I guarantee that we could help a ton of folks, probably ourselves included, right? if we brought on some world-renowned addiction specialist who could help us understand mm. the when, the where, and the why, and the how, and unravel those things. Because right. just like Nicole Vignola did with our brains and helped us understand our brains, which marched me into a new spot, I think that's possible with some addiction specialist. And if folks could set down addictions, yes, they could step into a different place. Absolutely. Like almost overnight. Yes. And, and, or find it that, that replacement. Cause I, I don't think you can create, you can't just take it away. It'll create a vacuum in which something else is going to get sucked mm-hmm. in. And so, yeah, perhaps help, let them help us understand how to best make a transition. I would love that. I, I, I got to look up this book by Deepak Chopra. Keep going. Okay. I was going to say that there are no books in particular that I could think about. I would love to reach out though. I've, I learned more about uh, the addiction side of things, believe it or not, in just following 
people like Nicole Vignola, like Andrew Huberman, like listening to the neuroscience of it. That's the part that kind of fascinates me because it's just very, it's, it's not, it's not on the emotional side of things. It's just like, Hey, here's, here's the brain. Here's the neurochemistry. Here's the mechanisms in play. And this is how it played out in your mind. Or like not, not in your mind, in your brain as you were struggling with your opioid addiction. In fact, in Baj's episode, yes. Oh man, there's there's so much to speak to here. There's so much to speak to. Go ahead. In Baj's episode, he he threw a curve curveball at us. He and in in the middle of a sentence, he said, "Well, I was I was struggling with opioids and and I reached a point where I wanted to kill myself." Right. And I didn't I didn't chime in because I wanted to hear the rest of what he had to say. And then I stopped and I said, "Excuse me, did you say that you were going to kill yourself? You remember this part of the conversation? Oh, of course." And there was a part that I, that I felt like I wanted to share, but at the same time, it was it was his platform, and I wanted him to continue to tell to tell the story because I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but never in my life have I ever been close to thinking about ending it all, except in one small window of time, and it was when I was in the middle of my opioid addiction, and it was every single time I tried to come off of them, the low is so low right that it got to a point where i i knew exactly how i was going to do it. it it went that far and it wasn't an, even until afterward i i thought to myself i was like man like i knew the what when where how like you planned it it was i was in a really bad place but here's the thing it was it was a chemical low of course, because my body was coming off of opioids. And if for anyone else out there who's, who's been through that, the chemical low is as hopeless as it gets. And I could liken it to the, the hopelessness and the darkness of the depression I went through afterward, but in which I had children. It wasn't even a possibility. It was like you with alcohol. That's not, that's not me. I'm, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I'm going to get the therapy, the help I need, but that wasn't even a possibility. But when I was not, when I was single, losing everything, looking at the fact that I was going to lose the roof over my head, I'm living out of my, like about to move into my car and I'm trying to come off of opioids, man, like the, the 24, 48, 72 hours without, when your body's starting to go through those, those withdrawals, the withdrawals. It was as low as it got. And, and here's the thing. I had attempted it over a two-year period. I had attempted coming off multiple times. And every time I started to come off, the depression was so bad. That's when I would start to think about it. Mm. So I, had nothing. I mean, I was in $200,000 of debt. I'm losing it all. I felt like a disappointment. There was this massive ego that was trying to protect it and look good. And I was, a, it was, I, I was wearing a mask in front of everybody. I was, I was a shell of a human. And so... When he brought that up, I just, I was listening to him. I was in his story and it, then it dawned on me and I didn't say anything. And I almost wish I, I did. I, I almost wish I had spoken up because him talking about being in that place where he was struggling with opioids and as, and he, and thinking he was going to kill himself. I just thought, oh my God, me too. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I was there too. But the, here's the thing. And I wanted to, I, I, and afterward I was like, God, I, I, I should DM him and let him know that it wasn't him. It actually wasn't, it wasn't, that voice wasn't him. It's the chemical depression. It's the chemical low because your body's that got used to that, that high in which you almost, you have to take him just to be normal. Right. And when you don't have them, the, the serotonin is, it, it drops so low. You're just, you're absolutely miserable. So what were your tools? <clears throat> Cause you didn't do it. No. You did survive. I did. Yes. Hope won out. Yeah. Yes. What'd you do? Well, you know, it, it was my next door neighbor, Dave Sanderson. He was such a good, good dude. And he saw what I was going through. And so he. Of Sanderson Ford. I wish <laughs> I should ask him for money. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, he's a great dude. And it's he, a um, big car dealership here in yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, then, well, he let me uh, stay in his guest room actually. And so if it was the Sanderson four guys, then probably a really nice guest room, but no, he's just, just a great dude. And he was my next door neighbor of the place I was living at. And he saw what I was going through and he, he knew even without me telling him, he knew what I was, he, he, he figured it out real quick and he, just the coolest dude. And so when I lost everything, he's like, Hey man, come crash on my couch for a minute. You know? So I ended up staying at his place for over a week. And that's actually went through where I went through my withdrawals. But the thing is having him there, just having somebody there for the accountability aspect of it. So I wouldn't go reaching for more to stop the pain. Cause that was always my thing. It's like, I start going through the withdrawals and immediately you'll do anything to come out of that. Of course. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it feels like crap. Yeah. And mentally, and, physically. Yep. And you don't see when you're in it, you don't see an end as much as you might know. Oh, I just, if I just make it through 72 hours, 96 hours or whatever that might be when you're in it, the pain is so like every second goes by so slow. Yeah. And you're, you have so much time to sit with yourself. This is why I want to get an addiction specialist. Yeah. Because it would be so interesting. Like you've said a couple of things before. And again, getting back to how has your life changed since this podcast started? It's that idea of like, I've learned so many different things. Uh, satiety signals, yeah. right? Like <laughs> that's just a small thing. But I would love to find, and you, you had even said one time, like it takes seven to 10 days to change your palate. Right. Like, so when you're coming off of like foods that aren't good for you and you're starting to eat healthy, just give yourself seven to 10 days. You're going to be okay, but just know it's going to take about 10 days for you to, to, to shift. I wonder what that number is for addiction. I wonder is, is there a thing where it's like, Hey guys, it's going to suck for 21 days or it's going to suck for six days, Yeah, but you're, but, but make it through those six days and you're going to be six days and you're going to be okay. That was it. Do you know the, that's what I want to find out. I wonder if there is a number. Well, for, for, for me, I I was through the worst of it. Um, after probably about 72 to 80 hours. Okay. Yeah. So a few days. Yeah. Day one, it sucked. Mm -hmm. Day two, bad. Day three, excruciating. And, and to the point where, I mean, you're sick to your stomach. You, your body's so heavy. You can't even lift your head up. You know, you're shaking. It was, Angry. it was, oh, ab- and, and, and the lowest of low dark and helpless. You have no, I mean, there is no hope for your future. There's the book that I was looking up, uh, that I read about addiction is by Deepak Chopra. It's called mm. overcoming addictions. Mm. And I love this book and we encourage anybody to read it. And one of the things, probably one of my, most favorite parts of the book is that it insinuates that those of us who are struggling with addiction, who are taking pills, drinking, smoking, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, all of us at the end of the day are 
looking for something really beautiful. We're tr- yeah. just trying to find peace. We're just trying to feel good in our own body, in our own mind, in our own skin. And when he told me that, when he told me that what I was doing was actually chasing a feeling. Yeah. Right? I was just trying to feel good. But there were other ways to feel good. Yeah. Like that wasn't the only thing. But that's the danger of the addictions, right? It's like that dopamine release when you're drunk or gambling or sexing or whatever, all the stuff, mm-hmm. right? That feeling is is hard to get up and match. I mean, you you know this, right? When Because I did some opioid uh, stuff too for about six, eight months, right? Mm-hmm. And man, when you're on it, you feel freaking amazing. Oh, Superman. Dude, you're like, yeah. energy's through the roof. Yeah. You're in a great mood. You're smiling all the time. Yeah. You, you like got all this energy. You don't know where it came from. Yeah. Nothing hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that same, that same concept phrased as you're trying, you're, you're seeking to solve a problem. There it is. And it's the solution to the problem. It, it solves the problem, but very, for a short amount of time. And then you pay the piper afterward. Yeah. You know, man. But, uh. Yeah. Okay, we'll get an addiction specialist on. I did Man. not expect us to go down this Sorry. road, but I'm so well, happy we did. No, I, I'm so know, happy we too. did. And, it, and it's real. And see, and here's the thing. Even afterward, when I was like, I am done, 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 because that was such a painful thing and I never wanted to go through it again, I found myself, when I was the host of Extreme Makeover, you know, I stayed in people's houses. And you know what I found myself doing? When I was there, I mean, I was about a year and a half out but it's, it turned into, it was a habit that I formed in the two years I was hooked on painkillers. I would stay in people's homes and when I would go in their bathrooms, you know what I'd do? I'd look, look, at, I'd look in the medicine cabinet. And it was just, I found myself literally staying. I am the host of a show on prime time. I had beat quote unquote addiction. And I'm sitting there in someone's freaking house with a TV crew in the, in the living room looking through their medicine cabinet. Mm. And I caught myself there a couple times and I'm like, Bro. What the fuck? Good thing there was a mirror. Oh, man. You're not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing there yep. was a mirror. So that, that's, that's why I was so curious to go back and say, like, did you ever slip up? Did, did you ever, was that voice ever coming back? And Because I guess everyone has, everyone has a different experience, right? And for me, I wish it, would, it was completely cut off. But I found myself over time just falling back in those behaviors the trigger behaviors though because that, so that's how it would start and if i would actually you know turn that sucker around and i would see oxycodone or hydrocodone you know hydrocodone is, Vi- is vicodin oxycodone is percocet or even oxycontin i saw a couple and then i would think about it and i was thinking they wouldn't know if i if just one of them disappeared <laughs> right i got gosh. i love the addiction conversation oh, in the head like i could totally do this yes. be fine nobody'll care yeah, yeah i counted 18 what is it? I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can take one. I got so much to do tonight, man. I could throw that down. And I could, I could jam all night, and I could get so much done. Man, I never did. Thank goodness, I never did. Wow. But for me, it's for it, you. The, the voice slowly went away over time. It's not like it just stopped. So, and I just, I just had to share that because it was like, and I, I, everyone has a different journey through addiction. But it was interesting because the voice is still there. You know, it's just like, as long as you know it's there, you're like, all right. Dude. So <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh, I know you got a couple of surgeries coming up. Yes. They're going to yes. say, Chris, uh, we're going to give you some oxy for the pain right after the surgery. Yeah. So no, actually. So where are you now? Are you at a place where you could take that for seven days? And nope. no, nope. So the, the, every single it's doctor with drinking. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
It's, it's a non-negotiable because now, I mean, now I'm so far removed from it. There's no way in hell I can ever go back. That, and that you don't is, need to. That's the devil yes. to me. And, you know, not to, you know, <laughs> bring that into the conversation, but I look at it like that. You should. And because the thing is, one will turn into 20 there you really go. fast. And so every single, and so I've had multiple surgeries. I've actually had a handful since. And every single time I let the doctors know beforehand. And the first, I, when I should have my shoulder scoped, the doctor prescribed it to me. And I actually had Heidi, my ex-wife, I was like, hey, put that in the safe. You monitor this. And she actually had a separate safe that I didn't even have the, 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 the number two. And I said, if I need it, I'll use it. Great. I remember I, there was one night she ended up giving me one. And it was, it was what it, but this is back in like 2011-ish. Yeah, yeah, okay. But even at that, it was like... Mm. Yeah. Um, but then I actually had a surgery a year and a half ago, two years ago. And, and every surgery I've had since I, th- I have not taken any opioids at all. And I let the doctor know right off the bat. And they're always very thankful. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I let him know I am a recovering opioid addict. So if you give me painkillers, I won't be able to stop. And so, and, and they really appreciate you letting them know. And so this last one, I said, don't even bother prescribing it. So I, I just used ibuprofen. So they gave me a bunch of 800 milligrams of ibuprofen and it, it worked just fine. Was I in some pain? Yeah, but I, I expected it. And I also knew it was part of the healing process. So I, I think going back to expectations, you said expectations, like you're recovering from a surgery where they literally cut you open and they pissed off all of these tissues in all here. All the things. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to feel pain. And it was a pain excruciating. Yeah, dude, they cut my adductor longest. They, they, they severed them both and then they patched my hernias. So I literally just hobbled around on ibuprofen for a few days, but I was, it is what it is. You made it through. Yeah. So wow. no, I, I, I'm not interested in ever using opioids again, regardless of surgery or whatnot. It's fine. Interesting. Yeah. Man, great conversation yeah. today. Yeah. Wow, I, I didn't I didn't know we were gonna go there today, but I'm really glad we did. And there's there's so much more. There's so, <laughs> so much yeah. more. Yeah, we'll we'll just keep opening up this box every once in a okay. while and exploring it because I just for anyone if you're going through it, whether you're in it, you're on the tail end of it, or maybe it's even just starting for you. Um, just know that man, there there is hope. And you are certainly not alone coming from two people right <laughs> here, right now, who can who have all the empathy in the world for the situation that you're in, but just please know, man, there's, there's nothing special about us. Well, there's about this there guy really, at I've, the same no, time. You're so right. Man. There's nothing spectacular about either one of us. We just, no. we just did the work. That's it. And, and you know, the beauty of it is that we have the opportunity to bring guests on the podcast every week who have also been through almost all of them, their own addiction issues and and they've all worked through it so we're just going to keep bringing these stories to you guys until until you believe in yourself (laughs) man i needed this today i didn't even think i needed this today but i really feel good inside thank you yeah thank you brother do we want to end on a light note play a little name that tune and then go out on a high here yeah let's go all right why not do you guys want to uh let me make sure i'm not attached to this thing Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, you can get yourself connected to it and uh, name that tune on the I Needed That Podcast works like this. We get the first three seconds of a song and then you have to identify it, title and artist. If you can, you're in a good place. And if you can't, we kick you out of the club. No, that's, that's just a joke. <laughs> right. That's just a joke. Um, <laughs> I've got my song ready. 
Okay. It says you are paired to yours. So um, do you want to find a song first or do yeah, you want yeah, me to find on. a song first? Okay, you, you find a song first. All right, I, go. I, got a, I got a fun theme that we're going to be messing with this one. Here we go. Oh, uh, Snow Patrol. No. We'll do of course. No. Snow Patrol. Mm-hmm. Chasing Cars. Yes. <laughs> Such a beautiful song. Ah, this is such a good song, isn't it? It is. Just lay here, won't you lie with me and just forget the world? Ah, beautiful lyrics. Ah, it is. Beautiful lyrics. All right, here we go, Chris Paul. Hit me, brah. Okay, here we go. What here do you go. got? This one's going to be appropriate for the... Uh, I like hearing the ticks. I turned off my ticks, but I like hearing them. No, no, no. I like hearing them, actually, because I turned mine off my phone, and so I don't have any noises anymore, so it's kind of neat. I kind of like them, too, actually. I do, too. The ticks are kind of cool. And there's a little haptic response also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. First three seconds. Stop. I got it. Michael Jackson Thriller. Oh, my gosh. Is that that it? so good. Yes. Yes. Come on, baby. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. That was unbelievable. How about that? You're huh? so good. Yes. You're so good. Tomorrow's Halloween, bro. It is. I had to. I'm yes. pumped up. Yes. Yeah. What are you going to dress up as? Anything? You guys going out doing any costuming? I'm sure you're going to take the kids trick-or-treating. I am. I am. So, um, well, Ruby's going as a uh, character of her favorite movie, which is The Parent Trap. Right, right. So she she and her friend are going as uh, Annie and Hallie. And I'm going as Randy Marsh. Who's that? Randy Marsh. South Park. Oh, sure. Yes. So. How fun is that? I I made, I actually, a couple years back, I actually made a Randy Marsh face. And so, uh, yeah, it's too much fun. It's incredible. Too much fun. It looks just like him. Really? Yes. Can I show it to you? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Really. He's going to go grab this. And then I want to hear what you're going to be. I will tell everybody really quickly to make sure you're following us on the I Needed That Podcast uh, Instagram handle. We are also on YouTube where you can see video clips of this podcast in case you would like to get a little bit more behind the scenes. Uh, And new episodes every Monday. We encourage everybody to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode. And if there's anything that we can do for you, we hope you will let us know. And we're about to do the same thing for you. One of the things that we could use from you is to let a friend know, let a couple of friends know. Let your inner circle know about this podcast because guaranteed somebody could use some of the messages that come through these speakers and little bitty headphones every single week. Absolutely. All right, here we go. We are on the camera right now. This will absolutely (laughs) be on the YouTube channel. Hit me with with Randy. From a a one to ten, tell me how accurate this is. Okay, here we go. Oh my God. You made that? Dude, I made this. It's incredible. Right? So what do you do? You just hold it in front of your face? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Yo, I've got I've got like a blue button-down shirt and I've got his pants and everything and I literally just like I ring the doorbell and then I hold this out. That is incredible, man. (laughs) I can't believe you made that. Dude, I made it on the fly. It was the funniest thing. I was late to a. I was late to a um, to a Halloween party, and I was with Maddox. You know, my my uh, bonus son, if you will, and uh, 
and we were so late and I was like, oh my gosh, quick. And we had some poster board and a bunch of construction paper. And within an hour, we made a, a Randy and a, a Kyle. He, and he went as Kyle. Hey, Kyle. It was, oh man, it was so much fun. I love that. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, next week on our podcast, we've got another transformation story. We also uh, have an upcoming episode where we're really going to do a deep dive on how to navigate the holidays with food and exercise. And then I'm going to help everybody understand how you might be better in those tense situations when you get around the family members that you don't love talking to. Yes, please. And how you can actually take that conversation, own that conversation, run that conversation in a way where you don't have to feel anxiety about it anymore. Man, that's very necessary (laughs) for so many of us. It'll be a big couple of episodes coming up. So thank Uh, you guys so much for listening. Chris, thank you so much too, brother. Thank you, brother. All right, man. We'll see everybody next time.